Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode number 83. Uh, I just got back from a little trip to Ireland for a few days, um, so I think we're possibly a week out on the podcast, but not to worry, we're coming straight back uh, with another new episode and another new guest today. Uh, so I was delighted to talk to John uh, and hear a little bit about some of the projects and activities and stuff that he's got going on. Uh, along with a little bit more of his um, story and his journey uh, that I hadn't heard or wasn't aware of before. Um, I've also just recorded, or I'm about to record, because I've got a couple happening, uh, a couple of new episodes. So those will come out for you guys over the next couple of weeks, which is really cool. Uh, and hopefully I'll get a bit of a blog post going up soon as well. It is absolutely freezing, um, so I'm going to make this one a quick one. <laughs> um Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you are interested in coming onto the podcast in the future, uh, please do get in contact. You can find all the details at mikesopenjournal.com um, or all the information over at Twitter, as always, at Mike underscore Douglas underscore. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, a big thank you to John for coming onto the podcast. And I'm going to throw you guys straight in to our conversation. Uh, we've been talking for quite a while now um, and I've been really fortunate like we've had a couple of meetups and stuff as well which has been awesome and I know quite a little bit about your story and about the stuff that you're trying to do um, particularly this year uh, so I think probably for us just to get started like I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about I think we started talking through was it one of the blog hour chats possibly I'm not too sure actually must have been the UK Blog Awards yeah, um, it definitely wasn't in a hair salon. So no. you look at your hair compared to mine. <laughs> oh, it could have been. Is that your first joke? <laughs> Come on, mate. It was good. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. I think if I split mine between the two of us, we'd we'd be all right. We'd be all right. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to comment. It looks a bit sounds a bit wrong. But it looked like Gollum, but it's Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Especially if you grew dark facial hair, it looks so weird. <laughs> oh, I'm crying now. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I think I want to say when I started talking to you, I think there was a couple of us talking about um, like volunteering and different charity stuff going on, um, and you were one of the people that was actually like really proactive with the volunteering and involving that in a lot of the different things you were doing rather than doing like a one-off kind of campaign or like volunteering for a weekend or something um and that was quite interesting to see because i don't think i'd really seen anyone else um i guess involved or promoting volunteering through blogging and stuff like that before yeah as far as i knew uh, i think it was bloggeration um i remember it was one day I think it was Volunteer Recognition Day on social media. Um, and they literally tweeted saying, oh, big shout out to the only volunteering focused blogger in our network. I was like, hold on, I'm a volunteer. I'm active on social media. How do I not know about that hashtag? But it was true that when I'd done a bit of research myself, there, as far as I still know, there's still nobody out there that dedicates their uh, time um, well, one to blogging, two mm. to volunteering, and it's combining it. I feel like, like you, it's hard to believe there's not. There must be people doing it, but they just, do, I don't know, don't aren't able to get the same coverage or do the same sort of stuff you're doing. I'm really not sure because, 
like I say, it's hard to believe that there isn't someone doing something out there. I know there's a few people that talk about it briefly. Mm. Um, I, know, I know there's a few people that sort of like senior positions talk about volunteer management. Cool. Um, but in terms of telling their story through volunteering, I still believe, okay, I'm, I'm not really doing that now, yeah. but I still believe I was the only person at the time doing it. That's pretty cool. So where, bearing that in mind then, like how did you kind of come up with that as something that you wanted to do? How did you get started? Because obviously that's led on to a lot more stuff and the things that you're doing now. Um, but how did that all get started? Good question, Mike. Good question. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so originally it actually wasn't my idea. Uh, so my partner at the time was like, John, um, do you know about blogging? Uh, no. I didn't even use social media at that time. And she was like, well, John, maybe it'd be worthwhile to share your story. And I sort of laughed at her, looked at her, um, looked down because she was very short next to me. And yeah, I think it was like one blog post. I can't remember what it was about. Um, please sound boring. Like, hi, my name's John. Um, I've still got my hair at this time, but I'm losing it. <laughs> oh that must be a long time ago not that long ago actually <laughs> yeah she just turned around and goes I'll share your story uh, and I think I was just doing like a blog post every few weeks yeah. wasn't really caring too much found some pictures online um, I could probably some photographer that I was at that time uh, yeah then it just sort of led into one thing into another a year came about. I was still blogging, um, and it was a it was an organisation called Do It to Org. Mm. So they're the UK's leading sort of like search engine for volunteering. Uh, they picked up the blog, and then literally as soon as they picked it up, things just seemed to grow absolutely super great. They are. Um, I, they must be like the main volunteering place because I know. They do stuff with like the volunteer centres and they're usually the place that gets promoted, I think at like job fairs and stuff as well. So I'd imagine like the coverage or the attention that you got then would have been quite big. Well, yeah, and it's one of these things where even when I speak to people these days, uh, or I didn't really know what was going to happen at that time. Mm. I didn't expect to be blogging three and a half years later. Mm. Um but then it just got to that point where obviously when they shared the blog, I was like, oh, I like this. I like people reading it. Saves me just reading it myself. Mm. And they, yeah, I remember telling people that, I think it was around about that time, I became an ambassador uh, for volunteering in Southampton. Um, I was actually the first ambassador as well for the area. Oh, that's cool. And within a few months, I went from a city ambassador to a global ambassador. Mm. Um, so whenever I do something these days, I always say to people that, yeah, great, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that, oh, shit, yeah, I've got that idea as well, but I still get very, very overwhelmed because I never anticipated any of this to happen. Hmm. What did being a global ambassador involve? So, basically it's a total that I gave myself, um, I'll admit that. <laughs> what did being an ambassador involve? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I was promoting all good that comes from volunteering online. And 
yeah, quickly, also when the like, the publicity grew and also uh, followers were coming to the blog, I started working more with charities outside of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up working with, oh, besides Antarctica, because I don't think there's any charities out there. Um, I worked with, or I worked with a charity in every continent. Okay. Um, so then people just come to me going, well, John, we've got this um, project in Africa we'd, uh, we'd love for you to promote. promote. Oh, we've got this in America. Oh, John, would you share the story of us? Hmm. Um, and I was at that point, um, even though at the beginning when I was volunteering, I thought, okay, this is going to be a waste of time. What do I get out of it? Yeah. But then the more and more I was volunteering and the more people I met, the more people I spoke to, I just started to become more open. Hmm. And it was when I was becoming more open, more people started to react. Have you gone to sleep? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I had a very slight pause there, and I was like, that's weird, because he was halfway through a sentence. <laughs> that's just me, Mike. This is me. I was, I was sleeping on a joke that I couldn't get out. Oh, dear. Um, no, it's interesting, because I think you're talking about the like, the volunteering side, I guess, more in terms of not the volunteering itself, but the like the talking about volunteering. Um, yeah. And it's quite interesting because I think a lot of the time the stuff that I see around volunteering is the benefits of like the skill development, the experience, the um, the workplace kind of uh, experience that people get. So it's quite yeah. interesting to hear about actually kind of the flip side of that. And rather than specifically talking about the volunteering, talking about actually just being open about like volunteering why projects are happening how you're involved talking to different people and i guess more the like the media pr marketing type side of of volunteering rather than the actual volunteering if that makes sense yeah it's just it's just one of these that benefits mm. it's just one of these things where it's great that charities also promote the benefits and all great it could help with your mental health it could help with that it could help with, help with this but at the same time, we're all individuals. Yeah. So even though it helped me talk about mental health and it helped me to we could talk about other stuff that happened in my childhood, it's, it's helped me more in a way that I've now learned how to actually share my story. It's mm. helped me to... Um, I've been talking about PR. It's helped me to actually understand PR from a bloggers perspective when it comes to reach out to charities, posting something online. It's... It's one of these things where volunteering is really like an unlimited um, opportunity. Yeah. It's basically whatever you want to make make it, make it. I'd, I was one of these people that when I started getting confidence, I was back chatting people and I was saying, no, 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 no. no. Like, that, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you, can imagine, you can imagine that, can't you? Oh, I, um, I can't. It's a stretch, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> if I feel Mitchell sort of looking like presents as well, we didn't help either. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, I, I love that reference so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's one of those things where uh, I, I remember seeing some stuff on social media. Um, it, was, it was a very, very big organisation. And I just said to them, I don't agree with you. I was like, it's just one of these things where, was you ever 15, whether you're 25, Obviously, I'm about to go over 25, so I shouldn't say that age. Um, or whether I'm 60, mm. um, even though I sort of seem like I'm 60 most of the time, I'm very slow. Really, um, the opportunity to, to learn from another 
um, for me, is one of the best things to come out of volunteering. Mm. It's not necessarily just about helping those you help. It's also helping those that you actually team up with and you volunteer with and the managers you get to work with. And I remember when I, I can't remember how it was. Um, I'll probably do, um, but I'll put it on the there. And they, they're very big. And yet the volunteer managers come to me for advice. Mm. Um, and it seems weird, but one time I was getting headhunted as a volunteer. I was getting charities coming to me going, John, John, can you volunteer with us? Can you do this? I thought, hang on. Is that how volunteering actually works? But I think it's because of... Again, I like you say, you've but, started to talk about volunteering, and I guess it's the idea that potentially by having you take part in something that you're going to talk about it as well. And I guess it's how we kind of see bloggers kind of start up at the moment and it's about what goes on in your local community what can you go along to what can you talk about and seeing that interaction and I guess it's just kind of applying that to volunteering and thinking oh like you say if you're in Southampton and you're known as someone that talks about volunteering um, I guess it's not um, like out of reach that they'd say actually if we want to get a few people involved we want to get like the local radio guys to come along actually there's this guy locally that talks about volunteering quite a lot like it'd be cool to get him to come along and take part and um, I guess it shows that growth of I guess investment as well in local people in communities and actually rather than just getting someone from wherever they're like oh there's this guy that lives here and talks about volunteering let's get him to come along and take part and potentially talk about it as well yeah i remember i was stood at um an event um i was in a local shopping center and it was the annual volunteer fair mm. and I, I went along supported one of the charities i was helping at the time um and then the guy was obviously i was a guy next to me um and he I didn't, I didn't know who he was, didn't know the group he was with. Uh, but after a while, he turned around to me and goes, I recognise you. Obviously, I got really creeped out at that point, thinking, mm. where from? How do you know me? Do you know my mum? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, um, yeah, he just turned around to me and goes, ah, you're that guy, aren't you? You're that guy that volunteers a ridiculous amount. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got, a, um, we've got an event coming up. Would you be our special guest? Now, as you can probably imagine, that was really weird. Mm. Uh, very overwhelming at that point. Um, but then it was like, like you say, when you get invited to do stuff, because locally people know who you are. When I was invited to speak at university um, in March, which we were talking about this before yeah. um, we came on, the chance was there to not only share about my volunteering story, but share the backstory behind it. Yeah. And share about how combining volunteering and blogging actually helped me to speak up about my mental health and obviously what are the reasons why I was suicidal when I was a kid um, and even though it sounds really harsh but when as I told you earlier when the students were crying for me I wanted that to happen sounds really bad but I wanted them I wanted them to really relate to the story yeah it's uh, the connection with what you're saying isn't it and knowing that there is that buy-in and that whatever the reaction is, that actually they're, like, engaging with what you're talking about? That's surprising, because I don't need to uh, myself to sleep. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> That's because you've heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine what I'm like these days, and somebody's like, do you want to share your story? I was like, 
How long have you got, mate? Um, what, what version am I telling you? Because I've got uh, 20 minutes and that's the minimum I can do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be cheeky now. <laughs> well, I suppose that kind of like touches on the the transition from your volunteering into um, the new stuff you're doing with the story of you, um, where you're talking a little bit more I guess volunteering is included in that to some extent, but it's a lot more about you and your journey and your experiences. Um, I don't know how much you want to share with us about kind of why that change happened and how that came about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was September, um, September 1st um, of last year. I sat down with a very good friend. We talked about blogging, so you blogged yourself mm. and he was trying to do some pointers because I was at a point where I didn't have, I didn't sort of get fed up of volunteering, but I felt I'd done, I'd done the most I could. Mm. Um, so I said to him that, okay, now that I'm being more open about my life, I remember there was a blog post. Um, I know you saw it as well. I talked about sex in the blog. Mm. I talked about sex in the volunteering blog. <laughs> that shouldn't be on. That shouldn't be on there. Yeah. But then it sort of made me realise that when I was talking about whether it was sex, whether it was talking about my mum's cancer, whether it was talking about I don't know, bullying or whether it was my um, suicide thoughts as a kid. Hmm. I thought, well, I can't be sharing this on a volunteer blog. I need to change it somehow. And I remember just as soon as that idea came to mind, the story of John Sennett literally was the first thing I thought of. Hmm. I thought, oh, I like that. And I remember somebody um, on Twitter was like, John, you need, your, you, you need like a theme tune for that. It's so powerful. <laughs> I was like, considering a radio station recently uh, was talking about playing the Proclaimers um, 500 Miles song when I get mm. to Scotland. I was like, well, I don't want that sort of song sort of playing in the background. That would be very awkward. That would be very awkward. But yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was the transition from September 1st. Um, I deleted all of my old stuff. I was like, okay, I've now got this new focus. Um, and as you know, obviously this year, I've got my the most ridiculous challenge plan um, where I'm doing 11 challenges over the course of the year mm. uh, with the aim of raising 100,000 from that for 11 charities um, and that really puts my personal story um, to the test mm. and there's topics in there um, so like in in, Ju- in July I at the moment I'm learning to, learning to swim and yet I've had that fear of water for 21 years and yeah it was because of uh, my I say it because of my my dog when mm. he was around so I had him from when I was 9 till 24 um, so obviously I had hair when I was 9 and then it was often over time he um, whenever I came back from school I was, I was getting bullied and still really had anybody to turn to I'd just come home I'd see his smile and that just run me over yeah um, so that was when I was suicidal um, when I was at school and I would say to people it's because of his smile that I didn't commit suicide mm. so when I do the well when I am with London at the moment the objective is to basically really cheesily say thank you to him yeah. and to raise funds for, uh, for an animal charity that's cool I think pets are such a oh yeah they're so important in ways that it's like are really hard to describe because like you say it can be those 
really, really small things where it is just like a cat or a dog or whatever animal friend you have that kind of, I don't know, just touches you, looks at you, smiles at you, and it makes a difference and it can completely change your mindset as well. And like you say, if you're um, considering things like self-harm and suicide and just to suddenly have that uh, like affection, that love, that care from an animal can just like in an instant absolutely change your focus, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Like it doesn't always last, but for that moment, it can just completely change everything. Um, and I think sometimes that's not necessarily lost, but um, not always used to its full benefit and I think things like I know recently there's been like a little bit of a growth especially around uh like student exam times I don't know about in workplaces where you have like anxiety animals and stuff like that coming in yeah um and that's always really cool to see uh but then when you talk about obviously people struggling with thoughts of self-harm you're like well that's not just around exam time and actually surprised there isn't a little bit more done with animals in in different places and at different times but um that's really cool to hear that like that animal had that effect on you and that now it's part of your plan and part of your fundraising and part of what you're doing this year in a really positive way as well yeah i I always say to people that i always try to use the negative parts of my life and use them as positive influences Mm. um so when i was suicidal one when I was at school uh, it was because my my nan passed away a few years before uh, my mum was battling breast cancer my sister had a stroke um, and then it got to the point where I couldn't really turn to my family because me at that time I was mm. myself and I thought well mum needs the attention yeah. she needs to be looked after um, so when you, when you talked about the effect that an animal can have. I taught, I taught my dog how to cuddle just so I can actually have that affection. Mm. Uh, and when, uh, when we had to get him put down, so he had a stroke himself, when we had him put down, um, none of my family could be in the room with him. Um, but I said to him, well, you're going to be there for the last moment for me. Yeah. I'm going to do it for you as well. Yeah. And, and the vet just turned around to me and goes, John's going to hold him. I was like, something I just can't. I was like, that's just too much. Yeah. But I knew that I was in the room and he knew I was there. And yeah. It's always, it's always one of these topics that I'm a very emotional person. Um, and yet when, like you say, when, when I decided on doing this year, I knew that the emotions would come out again. Mm. And I knew that when I was in the pool, um, whether I'd be crying or not, I know that I'd have that reason to be there. And when... Like next month, um, I can say it now because it's February 1st. Um, <laughs> and, and, and now I was saying that to people yesterday. I was like, John, you can't say that yet. It's, it's not, not quite. It's not, it's not the first yet. And the, yeah, so next month is my, I, I, I think it is, it's my toughest challenge of the year. It's 21 marathons in 21 days in a ball chair. Mm-hmm. Just to put my own little spin on it. Do you like that little pun there? Spin, will. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying then until I was like, John, that's quite good. Congratulations. I don't know about quite good. 
You're definitely getting a dirty look from it from me. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. <laughs> no, but like you say, sometimes as well, it's that maybe that's the experience you've got from doing the th- the stuff with the volunteering is it's coming up with a challenge but also trying to make it slightly unique to to draw attention to the challenge and the story and to yourself to some extent to to make people buy into actually like this is what i'm trying to do i'm trying to raise a hundred thousand across the year um i need you to to buy in to be aware of the story and to get involved um if it's just for this one part of the campaign that's cool but potentially if they kind of are interested that they follow through and support you through the year with the different kind of mini campaigns that lead up to the overall campaign as well yeah but it's it's funny because i'm writing a a, a blog post for something at the moment about fundraising and about selling your story mm. and I, I i said to said to somebody at some at one point last year or oh, no i can't do my happen because that's not unique to me i need to do something that's unique to me and because of the way that I am, mm-hmm. when I do a project, I always want it to make it bigger and bigger the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2015, I hosted a rounders attempt in Southampton. Um, I can't remember if we were speaking at that point. Probably not. Because um, I wasn't in the hair salon at that time. So that was pretty well when I lost my hair. So I couldn't, I didn't get a chance to go in there. And, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I said to somebody after that, uh, around this world record, oh no, I'm never going to do this again. And yet, yeah, I had four applications going in for this year. Mm. Um, I so badly want to tell you what I'm doing next year, but I can't, I can't, I can't reveal the secret yet. Mm. Uh, I know. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after this podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I just said to people that, Thought I need to do something extreme. Yeah. So obviously you were part of my blogging campaign in the summer. That was big. It was bigger than the one I'd done the year before. Um, and everything has to be about not just opening up for myself, but trying to provide a platform for others to share their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't, I won't name my name, but I know you know her. Um, when I'd done that talk um, at the university last year, Yeah. Uh, when, as soon as I shared my story... Uh, and I shared it online as well. She openly spoke up about her story. Oh, that's so cool! And for me, that's like at the moment doing um, the fundraiser next month, which is for Crohn's and Colitis UK. Mm. Uh, my sister's not really an open person, mm. and yet she's wanting to raise awareness of me and tell me tell people more about disability and. But for me, that's what it's all about. It's not yeah. just about it's not just about me. I've had my, I've had my my time in the limelight from the volunteering and from the blog. Mm. It's now trying to give more people the opportunity to go on and do things that they want to do. Mm. Uh, and you're missing elements. You've got very good politician hands going on when my arms are flying around when I'm speaking. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. You should see it when I speak. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those things where I just want to create discussions and. Because each challenge this year has its own backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Crohn's and Colitis in March, April, um, it's for Young Minds. Um, so, I'm sharing how sport helped me during my suicidal 
um, time. Um, even though lifting 100,000 kilos is a bit, a bit weird and a bit bonkers. Just, just how I like it. <laughs> a little bit unique with a metaphor attached to it, I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. But, but yeah, it's one of these things like you said, it's about creating that USP behind yeah. what I do and creating something where, like again, when I when I speak, I know that I can ramble on, which I'm doing right now. But that's because my passion takes over. Mm. And yet if I just talked about well, yeah, I went and done a 5K, which is great. For, for, some, for most people, a 5K is a really good way to, learn, to raise money and to share their story. Yeah. But for me, it, it, when it got to that point of when I got people contacting me, asking me to do this, do that, I had to really think about you know, what do I want out of this and how do I do it? Mm-hmm. When, when you're really in the limelight, you can't... It's one of these things where you, when you have that choice, you either react to it and you... Take, take it for a ride and take advantage of it and see what you can get out of it or you just or you just hide away um, obviously there's no wrong or right way of reacting to it but knowing how much blogging has helped me and obviously the volunteering part as well mm. obviously I'll obviously take it for a ride and I really want to test what one person is capable of doing I think like you say as well though, it's keeping in mind um, like the background of who's doing what and like someone going out and running say like one mile if you're someone that doesn't run that's like amazing um, and it will help kind of get that message across to the people that you are talking to the people that know you but if you're someone that's so like yourself if you've run a half marathon a marathon before and you said i'm going to go out and do a one mile run people would be like well yeah but you do that every week so what you've got to do it in like a ridiculous outfit or it has to be 20 miles instead of one mile or you've got to do it backwards or it has to be different in some way for people to buy into that story um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I think that's what I, that's what I, that's what I used when I was obviously blogging about mm. volunteering. I knew that the story was selling and people were responding to it, and it was one of these things where there's a heck of a lot of pressure mm. behind what I do. People are always watching what I'm doing. People are always ready to react, um, especially after that sex uh, post. Um, <laughs> but. It got a reaction. It got people talking. Uh, and because of the pressure that I put on myself, the pressure that people put on me, I don't really care about because I know what I'm doing this year. I know that I'm not blogging as much. I know that my focus is getting my head into books and planning away. Yeah. Uh, but that's still when it comes to putting a post on social media, putting a picture up, um, creating a fundraising page. Rich, cheeky little plug. Here's up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Lee, I forgot what I was going to say now. I wasn't going what I was going to say. Oh. Come on, John. Come on, John. You've done radio. Come no. On. Um, I was like, that. <laughs> I think as well, John, it's, it's, it's interesting with the stuff you say, and I think um, it's not always about getting people to say they agree or they want to get involved with the stuff you're doing. I think, like you've said, it's starting that conversation a lot of the time. And that's the really important thing with a lot of these 
things that you're looking at. And I know when you mentioned some of the charities, I think uh, possibly when we've spoken about this a couple of months ago, and you said, like, I've got a few charities in there that people will recognise, um, but I'm also going to work with some of the really smaller charities that are local ones or ones that I've got an affiliation to. And um, I don't just want to work with the bigger charities that are recognised because the money will make a much larger difference to those smaller charities as well um and again i think that's the importance of looking at some of the like the community work and stuff like that that you've done kind of flowing through from the volunteering and now into your story i think you see that and it's that community work that i guess when people are looking at how do i start up um like getting my blog more mainstream or if they want to do stuff with volunteering or working with media stuff is looking at that community that's around you in the first place that you're able to tie into. Yeah, yeah, I do believe it was a UK blog awards chat. Mm. Um, Obviously when I started out blogging for the first year, I didn't even know there was a community. Mm. I just thought I was just an oddball typing on the screen where nobody was reading. Yeah. But actually the community is a lot bigger than what any of us know. Mm. But then as soon as we started doing the Twitter chats, um, obviously when we met up and all of this, um, you don't really anticipate obviously to create friends online, um, to actually inspire more people to volunteer. I had a few blogger friends. Um, we all know who they are, if you listen to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, all, um, they came to London Marathon with me. In oh, April yeah. last year, I had always dreamt of going to London Marathon. Not to run it, um, but to be there, to volunteer, to experience it. And it was because of meeting my friends through blogging. Mm. Um, they actually volunteered for the first ever time with me at London Marathon. Oh, that's cool. And and now they've got that memory. And it's really corny, but that's what I'm doing. I don't like just... Uh, Obviously, inspiring people to volunteer or to speak up about certain things. I want people to remember it. Mm. I want people to remember they save save a picture on their phone and go, "Oh my god, is that what John looked like when he had hair?" <laughs> or I, I haven't got any of those online just yet, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I probably do. Um, or whether it's, oh yeah, I remember. I remember reading that about that in that paper or listening to it on that radio station. Mm. It's just one of these things where, like at the moment, um, obviously I'm not revealing what I'm doing next year because um, I'd be an idiot. Yeah. But I, I put something out um, for people to see, and it's now got to that point where charities pitching to me to be one of the charities chosen. That's cool. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing to know that when charities approach you, oh, to let you know. About me, do they know my story? Have they looked at the blog? Or are they just looking for something to raise money for them? Mm. I'm not one of these people that obviously based on this year and based on what I've done, I'm not one of these people that will just now help any old charity. Okay, that might have been me at the beginning. Um, but now that I've got that USP and obviously I've got my, my, my voice and I've got the brand behind what I'm doing, I now just want to work with charities that not just meet my needs and can help me share my story. Um, obviously, if I, I was invited um, to go up to the, a charity headquarters the other day, um, 
personally what I'm going to see you as well. And for me, I was like, okay, that's never really happened to me. We've been volunteering for five years. And yet, because of he understood the personal connection behind why I'm doing it for them. Yeah. I was like, do you know something? I need that charity I need to fundraise for. It's always based on, I always work on first impressions. And you probably know it as well from blogging. Mm. You get an email, uh, oh yeah, do you want this amount of followers or do you want this? No, not really. I've built my, my blog. You want to know, own. yeah, what's what's the purpose, what's the aim? Like, like you say, especially when you're looking at charities as well, if you're working with a particular charity, um, it might mean that you can't or you aren't as invested in working with another charity that's trying to do a similar thing um, because you've already kind of, you've got someone that you're promoting or talking about or working with. Um, and especially like you say, when you're getting involved with a, a larger projects and you're working with different people, you have got to bear in mind. Um, I guess, I don't know if loyalty is the right word, but um the involvement and the interaction that you've already got with a particular brand or person, you need to be, I guess, professional with that relationship as well. Yeah, I think I think when I looked at this a while back, I think there's a I think there's 155,000 registered uh, registered charities in the country, hmm. and you can imagine if I okay, cancer being one of the one of the topics that I've really spoken about this last year. And so if I go to work with one charity. Uh, cancer charity great I can go work with another one but then I don't want to work with every cancer charity there is in the country because that's not going to work it's not going to yeah or, sort of benefit the, them reason, or benefit them at all. the reason the only reason why you would do that is if you were going to particularly focus on cancer and then that would be the reason for you to say oh say this year um, I'm going to raise however much for a range of different cancer charities and then you, there's a reason for you working with lots of different ones rather than um i guess having say like this year and you said 11 charities if five of them are cancer and then the other six are completely different spread like i don't know it'd be like well why what what's gone into that that decision process i guess i don't know well, yeah I, I did funny enough i did actually have a few people questioning me online um, when I chose for charities that I chose. Mm. Um, but I was like, when I, when I, some of the charities are really easy for me to choose and some of them I've done like a, a tiny bit of research. Yeah. And, and like, so I remember, I'm not going to name a charity, but as soon as I went on the website, I was like, was like I'm one. Like, that to me sells my story. Yeah. They sold, sold it to me. I don't care about statistics. I don't um, care about how much money um, a charity raises every year. What I care about is right now and what my story can do for somebody else. Mm. Rather than thinking, oh, great. Um, like I know most of my projects this year or challenges have got like 10,000 as a target. Mm. That target's just there just to motivate me and push me. Yeah, It's not there to necessarily know that, okay, 10 grand or uh, do this for the charity or do that. For me, people don't donate to charities because it's too money-focused. People want a genuine reason and a genuine story behind why somebody's doing it. Once you have the people, mm. then the money will come. Yeah. If you've got the money, it doesn't always attract the right people. 
So with that in mind, um, what have you got kind of going on in the next uh, two months or so then? <laughs> a lot of training, <laughs> uh, as, as you know, uh, which is it's actually going really good. Uh, also considering, as you know, my first fundraiser didn't get sort of going to plan. Um, but I, yeah, basically I'm back in training like five, six times a week now. Um, and some days, just like today, um, I'm now starting to do two sessions a day as well, um, which for most people is a lot. For, for me, it's a lot as well. Mm. Um, but I knew that this year was going to be a challenge. Um, obviously, that's the reason we call it a challenge. Yeah. Um, but I knew this year was going to test me mentally and it's going to test me physically. Um, so like next month, with the 21 marathons in 21 days in the broad chair, mm. which is so much to say in one sentence, so much to say. Um, <laughs> that's like are. a and sentence rather than a title <laughs> I, know, I, I know sometimes what I end up doing is saying 21 marathons 21 days pause in a wheelchair mm. and then people's like wow okay um, so you, yeah that's how do you gone. feel like like you say because having had that like the start to the year being such a massive challenge to start off like you didn't start easy you from the bits that you sort of said before, I thought, oh, one of the hardest things that you've kind of got in mind is the one that you're doing first. And then to have the struggles that you had with that one, has that changed the way that you're prepping for kind of the stuff coming up? Nope. Exactly. The same. <laughs> um, it was just one of these things where, um, obviously, like a few days before this year came about, for, for Buzz, what I was doing this year was, was huge. Mm. Um and obviously, great first day was amazing, exactly what I wanted. But then when I got injured on the second day, um, I, can't, I, I knew I was going to get injured at some point during the year. I knew I was going to. Anybody would. Mm. Um, so I that was a support team behind me. It's literally just me. The, um, I knew after that second day that when I got that injury, I was like, yeah, I've got a bit of a barrier here. I've got a bit of a problem. Um, I would normally not then those barriers. I think it was the third day um, for Wednesday. Um, I can't remember. What, I think it was Storm Eleanor. Mm. Um, and I remember I was, I was still walking at that point and a tree um, completely covered the path. Yeah. And I only had two options. Um, was to go back a few miles and just basically stand down on a spot and change my route. Or, like the idiot that I am, roll under the tree because <laughs> I was like do you know something no I'm not going back yeah. I did I, li- I literally rolled under the tree um, yeah my family didn't really appreciate that but hey ho uh, <laughs> oh dear <laughs> but, like, but, but when you say about the challenge of that what would you brought mm. I get injured mentally it just suffocates you mm. I obviously Walking the extra few miles, I did the extra uh, the first few days, and then having to cut a day short because I couldn't put any weight for my foot. Um, then obviously finishing and decided to stop because I was just sat at a bus stop, having a bit of a break, and I just emotionally just cried my eyes out. And after that, I just didn't move. And it's just one of these things where I, I know that if if that was the only challenge this year, I would have kept going. I would have gone through the pain I would have 
which broken my foot about to just to make finish line. Mm. But considering there's a heck of a lot more challenges happening this year, I just couldn't take the risk. Because I knew, well, I was told that I would have been out for six months if I continued. Mm. Uh, so you imagine that would have been six charities disappointed. Yeah. Uh, it's that hard and, balance, isn't it? Like you say, between the like the motivation to go at everything 100%, but then also realise that it's not just today or this month. Like you're rolling straight into the next thing and the next thing and the next. And it's how much do you, especially when, it, like you say, it's you, it's not a team of people. You've got to make that judgment. Um, like, can I continue? And if I do, is it going to make it worse and mean that I can do this? It's going to take me a bit longer, but I can do this. But then it's going to mean I can't do the next three, four, five, six things at all. Um, like, it puts you in a difficult situation when it's just you sat there trying to make that decision. <laughs> yeah. And actually, when I made that decision, um, I was halfway um, to finishing that day. I basically contacted the person I was staying with that night. Didn't even know who he was. Um, he just reached out to me on social media. Mm. And he came and picked me up. And the first thing he done, he gave me a hug. He, he, he can tell in my eyes that I just needed that, that connection with someone. Yeah. I just need to know that, okay, John, I'm, you're struggling and you're not going to finish what you started. But then it is okay. It is okay to have that cry. It is okay to say, no, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, and I, I came home that day. I cried on my partner's lap for the entire evening. Yeah. Uh, but then the next day, I reached out to one of the companies I'm teaming up with. And I said to him, do you know something? I want to get back into training. Can I come back? And even though, okay, great, my, my foot's pays up a little bit every so often now. Mm. It just means I'll be able to get an extra few weeks of training in, um, especially for the marathons next month. I've only had eight weeks of training for that. That's what I'm going to have between. Does it also make a difference? Like, cause you said about doing the, the marathons, like, um, in a chair. So is that also kind of, it allows you more time now still for your ankle and your feet to kind of heal up before the next time that they're put under as much stress? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> so with the, with the April challenge being lifting hundred thousand kilos yeah. a day, um, obviously, a significant amount of weight has to be pushing on with my legs. Yeah. Um, so I'm relatively strong on my legs. I can, I can, I can sit down. This is where I get a little technical now. I can sit on a leg press machine. You know what that is? Yeah. I can, I can push 400 kilos on that. I don't know how much that is, but that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's basically it's eight, 880 pounds. I think it is. Okay. Like how many? Um, how many of you is that? <laughs> How many people is that? That's that's eight and a half times my weight. So like eight people and a bit. Well, no, no not eight hundred times. This is what this is what I'm putting kilos in the pound. Um, no, it's four times my body weight. Okay, so four of you. Well, yeah. Okay, that sounds really impressive, but I just said eight, eight. so now it doesn't sound as great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, there's like four less of you. Like when you have eight, when you think, oh, I've got eight donuts left. Oh no, I've only got four. Oh, it's not man. really that impressive. But yeah, with that, obviously, with 
obviously having the workout, obviously coming the entire body. Yeah. I'm still having to push weight at the moment with like through my foot. Yeah. So I'm putting my foot foot through a bit of stress because mm. I know because I had well I have got quite a bit of sporting background. I know that if I just don't do nothing on my foot, it's not going to heal. Yeah. Because when I go and try to do something with it, it's going to be very slow. It's going to block time to recover. Mm. Um, okay, I've only been on a few walks since the fun has stopped. Yeah. Um, but I still walk. Yeah. And it's one of these things where, luckily with each challenge, or most of them, like March, or if you're being in a chair, mm. it's all upper body. So it yeah. gives my legs enough time to rest for the workout. Yeah. But then, obviously, knowing I'm training, okay, six times a week, because I'm training for four different fundraisers at the same time. Mm. I am, yeah, I am. Your training, training, the training every, is a stress. Yeah. 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 But, it, but it has to be done. Well, it sounds really cool. And it's like you say, there's lots of different challenges going on and um, lots of different charities involved. And hopefully we can see over the year, like kind of that total gradually raise up and hopefully you get to that hundred thousand as well um if people want to find out a little bit more about kind of your story well your story um (laughs) and the different stuff that's kind of going on especially with your fundraiser at the moment where's like the best places for them to go to find out about you so the best place is i'll say it's twitter so i'm actively on twitter Mm. um well not at the moment not much um but on twitter um, it's the story of JS. Um, the blog is the story of from senate.com and senate, which nobody ever spells right, um, is S E double N E double T. Um, basically Bennett, but an S rather than B. That's really funny because actually that's a really good way. Thank you. Basically, it's another name, but just swap the letter at the beginning. Some people people spell it like S-E-N-I-T. I I was like, no, that's Sen. It. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But but that's not the right way of spelling my surname. Oh, dude, that's Uh, I I wish I could spell it that way. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, so the story of johnsenet.com. Um, Facebook it's, it's getting there um, so that that's the story of John Sennett on there yep um, and a bit of a different social media platform if anybody's on LinkedIn mm-hmm. which I'm using a lot more at the moment um, then it's just under John Sennett cool uh, again S-E-W-N Awesome stuff. Well, thanks for coming on and telling us about your jo- your journey and your story. Oh my god, I'm I'm trying really hard not to say story all the time now because it feels like proper funny. Jeez, um, you'll be doing the story of Mike Douglas next week. Oh my god, um, <laughs> <laughs> be after me for your branding. <laughs> I'll be charging you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been really cool to talk through, and thanks very much for coming on. Well, thanks for the chat. Cool, no worries, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.